It genuinely makes me so happy that my DMs on Instagram have become a safe place for you guys to literally ask me anything and everything. It hasn't gotten messy yet, which is very surprising uh, considering it's 2021 and sometimes it feels like everything is messy. But you guys are amazing and you wanted to talk about interracial dating and intercultural dating and what that looks like when you're looking for someone or you're, you're not sure if you want to date someone like this. How does how does that work? Like, we did an episode like this before called Race and Interracial Relationships where I brought in a couple of special guests. But today we're going to be talking about this guided by the movie our family wedding it's a movie that stars america ferreira and she is a mexican-american bride in this film and then we've got lance gross who is a uh, black american african-american groom in this film and it, it gets messy it gets messy not like my dms like i said y'all haven't made it weird yet so don't try um but i'm excited to talk about interracial dating and intercultural relationships guided by this film uh hi by the way good morning good night and good welcome I'm Jamie Grace, and welcome to the Jamie Grace Podcast, a show where we bridge the gap between pop culture and mental health, having conversations about faith and all those beautiful things, and I'm just so happy that you guys are here. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs. Of course, you guys know I like to give personalized shout-outs to those people on Patreon that are helping support the show and keeping this show alive, and today's shout-outs go to Ashley from Oregon and Sarah from Wisconsin. Thank you, ladies, so much. Both of those ladies are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jamie Grace. It's what helps keep um, my podcast alive and also all the music that you guys hear in today's episode is produced by me. So it helps my music and my podcast. And thank you so much, ladies, and everyone else on Patreon. If you'd like to learn how you can support the show, go to patreon.com slash Jamie Grace. But of course, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. All right, so I've got a couple of thoughts right off the bat, right? There, there's a note that there is like, yes, when you're talking about interracial dating, like all you have to think about is like, oh, like, oh, well, my everybody likes each other, so we should be fine. That that's that's not all you have to think about. There's so much more. And if you are, you know, out there dating and you're thinking about dating outside of your race, or you're already dating outside of your race and you're trying to figure out how to better, you know, serve your future in-laws or even the person that you're with, this episode is definitely for you. But before we talk specifically about interracial dating, I also want to bring up the topic of intercultural dating. Now, um, I, th I think I mentioned this in the intro, but I did an episode a while back called Race and Interracial Dating, and I brought in my dear friend Courtney, who is uh, white American, Midwest American. <laughs> um, and she is married to JP. He's from Kenya and they have three kiddos. Um, I also brought in my friend Carol Erica. She's black, black American from Atlanta. Um, and her husband Stan is, uh, <laughs> did I just call him Stan? Her husband Stan is a uh, white, white American from Atlanta as well. And so, um, if you want to like talk more about like the specifics and also hear from couples that are in interracial marriage, um, Stan and Carol have four kids, three, four, five, twelve. Um, she'll like that joke, don't worry. Um, but well, I don't know if she listens to the podcast, but I'll text her later and tell her that I made that joke. Um, and she'll like it. Anyways, um, if you want to talk more about like specifically from married couples, then that episode is from um earlier this year. But like I do want to talk a little bit about intercultural dating as well. Something that people might not realize is that like Stan and 
um, Carol Erica, even though they are white and black, they might in some cases have more in common, um, like culturally than a couple like myself and my husband, um, who I'm from Atlanta, I'm black and my husband's from St. Louis. He's also black. Now that is not in any way or capacity, any shape or form to talk about like the, the, the things that they've experienced as an interracial couple. Like that's not what this episode is about. <laughs> this episode's not to be like, it's really not that bad. That's, that's not what we're talking about. But what I'm saying is that when you're from the same culture or a similar culture, you will have a lot of the same experiences that you may not even realize are, are cultural, right? Some people are like, oh, the, the man better always open the door for me. And they don't realize that that's a part of culture. That's not a, a blanket statement for the world or even the United States or even the region that you live in. And, and for those of us that are Christians, that's not biblical, that the man must open the door. That's cultural. Um, and it's okay if that's a part of your culture. But I think like the first thing that I want to point out is like, we have to understand our own cultures and stop making like, and we'll not stop, but we have to understand our own cultures and recognize how that plays a part, um, into our, um, our dating lives and, you know, the way that we move forward. So, um, yeah, I, there's a scene in this movie, like early, early on in this movie, it's already talking about how she's dropped out of college. Um, America forever. <laughs> wow. America forever. Era. Oh my gosh. I'm struggling so much. I call my friend Stan. I called him stand. And then I just call one of my favorite actresses, America forever. I'm so sorry. I've seen all of the traveling pants movies. You're the best. Um, anyways, <laughs> Lucia is her character name. So <laughs> she drops out of college, you guys. Um, and to some families, like if you drop out of college, like culturally, that's just like, oh, okay, college wasn't for you. That's fine. Um, she's also living with her boyfriend. And in some cultures, that is extremely okay. In some cultures, that is extremely not okay for, you know, just moral reasons, personal reasons, opinions. There are so many different like factors that play into this. And so yes, Lucia and uh, what's his name again? Yes, Lucia and Marcus, the groom. Yes, Lucia and Marcus have to deal with the fact that they are an interracial couple and their families have opinions about that. But there are also cultural things that kind of tie into race, but are not exclusive to race. Even if they were like they're both black, that would be a big deal to some black families that she dropped out of college, that she's living with her boyfriend. So these are cultural things. There's also the notion when Marcus meets Lucia's dad and they are driving around, her, her dad's name is Miguel, and they're driving around for a bit. And Miguel talks about how he kind of alludes to like, I wish you would have talked to me first before, um, you know, proposing to my daughter, like, you know, like he doesn't at all say it in those words. This film is full of a lot of petty backhanded comments, you know, beating around the bush. It's full of a lot of that, which makes for great comedy, terrible <laughs> relational, uh, connection, but great for comedy. And, um, like Lance's character, Marcus literally says, Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's cultural for him. That's not even a big deal. Uh, for me, in my culture, it is a big deal. So that definitely would have <laughs> been awkward if my husband had just like not thought about that at all because that's a part of my culture and it's a part of my culture that I like. 
um, and that I appreciate. There's also a moment where the grandmother um, makes a, or a comment. I actually can't remember who it is that makes this comment, but makes a comment about um, Lucia cooking or maybe not being able to cook or something like that. That's, again, that's cultural. That sometimes is tied into race, but it's cultural. Um, is church a part of uh, faith? Why did I write that down? Why is that in my notes? Um, what, I, what I was trying to say is that they talk about like going to church which, you know, yeah, that is faith-based, but that's also cultural. There are many people that go to church because it's a part of their culture and not necessarily something that they want to do or something that they enjoy doing. Um, also, them being in somewhat of an interfaith relationship because um, Lucia's family is Catholic and um, Marcus, I believe he says like non-denominational, but it just seems to be something a bit more passive to him. Um, also premarital counseling. So again, a lot of these things are cultural and not specifically racial or interracial. And I think a lot of times, um, we look at, you know, the, some of the challenges that inner, that mixed race couples might face, or that someone like yourself, like I said, if you're open to dating outside of your race, some of the challenges that you might face are just assume, like presuming like, oh, that's race, or that's because an interracial relationship. And it's like, no, like actually this is stuff that you'd likely deal with even if they are of the same race. But it's mindful, it's a good thing to be mindful of the difference of like interracial versus intercultural. And then also how you guys know, I love a good Venn diagram. So how those <laughs> Venn diagrams can kind of cross at sometimes too. All right. So another thing is that you have to be mindful of daily interactions. You know, it's a good thing to think about, like, how do you communicate with people of, of another race when, like, you're not around your significant other or when you're not in a relationship with someone of, of, of another race? You know, uh, in, in this film, there are – so Miguel's – Miguel, um, Lucia's dad, Miguel, he owns, like, a, a company and a part of their company is towing cars. And so Marcus's dad, Brad – uh, so Brad is parked, and again, Brad is black and Miguel is Mexican. So Brad is parked illegally or he needs to be towed for whatever reason. And he's a little bit, he's like a few seconds late to getting to his car when Miguel is already towing his car. So this is just recipe for disaster. This is before they've met each other. It's a great opening moment in the film. Um, this a really, like I said, great for comedy, but not great for personal relationship because they kind of get in this back and forth of like insulting each other because obviously Brad is upset because his car is getting towed and Miguel is frustrated because he feels like Brad is trying to stop the process when he's just trying to do his job. And there is a moment where some phrases are exchanged like somebody like you, which is alluding to race. And then, oh, so you don't speak English now, which is pretty harsh and then uh the the word cuz which is kind of like you know trying to be urban or ethnic toward a black person uh and then <laughs> there's another scene later on where a group of black guys are out at a meal and one of them is being really goofy and quite loud and he's uh, i think it's tay diggs character yeah tay diggs is in this movie randomly you know everybody's favorite twitter follower he is in this movie uh and he says you gotta stop your scaring the white people, <laughs> which is really sad, but 
really true. If you didn't know, <laughs> that's a thing that oftentimes getting be said in a group of black people because in certain scenarios, we're like, oh, if we're too loud, people are going to be scared of us, which is terrible, but it's reality. Um, so you got to think about like, what are your daily interactions like? If, if, if your, if your parent, I'll take Lucia, you know, in this film, for example, if your parent like gets upset with black people and starts calling them cuz <laughs> just like, you know, trying to be like urban and like trying to like relate to them, uh, you might not be fully ready for an interracial relationship. I'm not saying that you, that it can't be possible, but I'm saying like, you either gotta like call that kind of stuff out or like, <laughs> like well, you, I mean, that's actually the best option is to call it out because, you know, and same with Mark is like, if your dad is around like Mexican people and, and says things when he gets upset, like, oh, so you don't speak English now? You got to call that kind of stuff out. If you're in an in interracial relationship, you can't just be like, oh, that's how my parents are. That's how my family is. Like, <laughs> no. So be mindful of like, what are your daily interactions like with people of other races what are the interactions like what are your your parents interactions like with people of other races um are they rude are they passive aggressive are they racially charged are they making comments that are inappropriate and offensive and dare i say racist those things are important to keep in mind. The last thing you want to do is be in, a, in an awkward situation with your family and you're not able to call them out on it. Like, that's not cool. Um, puts you in a weird spot, makes, it, makes your parents feel like, okay, this kind of stuff is just okay to say, even though it's not. And it can also put your significant other in a situation where they don't need to be by any way, shape, or form. So, you know. Be mindful of that if, well, I mean, <laughs> like, like if your family is listening to music at home and there's certain words you guys just sing loudly because you're like, oh, we're at home. It's not a big deal. Like, what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. So, you know, that's that's biblical, my friends. And so whatever it is that is said behind closed doors or that is said you know, under one's breath as they're watching a news story or whatever it is about a group of people, about a certain culture, about a certain race, about a certain class of people, those things need to be called out, whether you want to be in an interracial relationship or not. Like, those things need to be called out. So um, just <laughs> make good choices, I guess. It's my transition. <laughs> oh, gosh. So my next one here is the concept of secrecy. Uh, that's a whole thing in this movie. I'm still so blown away by it. But they keep it a secret that they're dating interracially. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> so dumb. I mean, they're, and again, makes for great comedy makes terrible, you know, personal relationships, but, um, their, their families don't find out that they're dating interracially until they have them all to like a dinner. <laughs> like what? They're already like living together and have planned their lives together and have gotten engaged and they have not told their family 
that they're of another race. That's just weird. It's just, again, makes for great comedy. The movie's great. But, you know, don't let that happen in real life. And you might be thinking, oh, I would never, you know, be secretive about race. Like, that's not something that I would ever do. But we actually do it every day without realizing it. And that's something that we should be mindful of. So even if it's not as blatant as like, oh, I kept the, you know, the race or the, you know, um, ethnicity, nationality, whatever I kept, you know, because obviously those three things are different things and you, it might be like, okay, well, I told them about their nationality, but not their ethnicity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though you're like, I might not ever do that, there are ways that we as a culture do these things and it's awkward. So one is just being weird about it. Just being weird. Like, stop being weird about it. Like, just just, just be able to say, like, oh, yeah, they're black or, or they're white. Like, being able to say it because being able to have those open conversations can help you for when you are in awkward predicaments in the future. I think it's so unfair to think that any couple will completely avoid awkward situations. And so especially dating interculturally or, or dating interracially, you will face those situations there will be times if it's a couple that's white and black, there will be times where someone is looking at your significant other in a way that they're not looking at you because of the color of your skin and because of the color of their skin. That's unfortunately a reality. And so if it's to the point where like, you know, you can't even say like, oh yeah, like this person's black or this person's white or this person's Puerto Rican. If you, if you can't even like comfortably say those things, then when your significant other brings it to your attention of, Hey, I think that person was treating me different because I'm black. Like they're making it super weird. Then your natural response is going to be like, no, 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 no. I think it was because of your shirt had a weird stripe on it. It looked purple, but maybe it's pink. No, like, we have to stop being so weird about race and so weird about the fact that like, it, it's just, <laughs> it's a part of who we are. I know this is kind of, I hope this is kind of a retired sentiment, but a lot of people have said things in the past, like, Oh, I don't see color. Like I don't like, like, that's not true. Like we all see, well, like my husband, he's colorblind, but we, we see color. We know the difference and there beauty. There's beauty in our differences. I definitely think that we should be like, yeah, like, there's so much about us that like we're the same and it's really cool and it's really beautiful. But yeah, there's also so much about us that's like different, like, <laughs> like cool. <laughs> like there's, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to only embrace the things about us that make us the same. We should also be able to embrace the things about us that make us different. I, um, so I grew up in a black church, but not the black church that I think a lot of people like kind of like see on maybe like television or like YouTube videos where it's just like very loud and very charismatic. Like, yes, that's an, that's an element of, of the kind of church I grew up in, but there's a, there's like a different like niche of black church that doesn't really get, um, I guess as much attention, which is okay, but it's a more of just like this, like a Southern black church where it's just a little bit, everything just kind of has like a, like a slower pace, if you will. Like there's all, there's almost like a, um, even like the rejoicing and the joyfulness, it just has kind of like a slow move to it. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. There's 
a documentary I was watching about this before and I was so like emotional because it just made me think of my childhood. But, um, I, there, there's something so cool about when I would take my white friends, um, to my black church for the first time. And I think it would be so unfair to say to my friends, like, this is going to be just like every church experience you've ever had. You're not going to see color. (laughs) This is going to be the same. And I know there's an organ, but just pretend it's an electric guitar. Everything is the same. Like, no, I loved being able to be like, girl, you, this is going to be so special. You go like this. And my white friends were always like, yes, like there's something so cool about embracing the things that make us different in addition to embracing the things that make us the same. That's actually part of my fourth point as well. And I'll just mix these two together. Uh, but there's, you know, the R word and obviously that the R word means something else in other contexts. But uh, in this context, we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about racism um, or like racist where the, <laughs> so there's this kind of like subplot that's not necessary to the full plot, but it's just a fun little subplot of this really young, awkward girl that ends up at the family dinner at the beginning of the movie where everybody finds out who is who and you know you're the guy that towed my car and all this stuff and it's just why it's a wild family dinner one of my favorite parts of the movie um there's this really like young awkward girl that's there I won't tell you why she's there just in case you haven't seen the movie I don't want to spoil the whole thing uh but anyways she's there and (laughs) she says like oh I think earlier like so-and-so like her dad said something racist to his dad and so his dad said something racist to her dad and I love even though she's so young and awkward and that is the the only time where she's bringing value and I mean that as her character not the actress the actress is great um her character is just a hot mess but it's so valuable because it's like yes thank you for saying the word racist they did exchange this black guy and this Mexican guy they exchanged some racist stuff to each other and we need to be able to call it what it is. And it's so unfair and it's such a disservice to um, to, to to anybody in this relationship to be able to be like, oh, that was kind of like odd and uncomfortable. Like, no, like, hey, dad, that thing you said, it was racist. <laughs> Don't say it again. Uh, hey, uh, grandpa. Yeah, that thing that thing you um, that you say sometimes uh, when uh, black people get on your nerves. Hey, uh, but that's racist. Uh, it, it's okay if you don't feel it's racist. I'm not trying to change how you feel. Um, I'm just trying to tell you how it is. And so uh, don't say it because <laughs> it's kind of weird, bud. I love you. Um, we got to be able to say that stuff. And if, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh my gosh, I can never say that to my dad. I can never say that to my mom. <laughs> then keep in mind that you might not be able to have a healthy interracial relationship. Um, and you might not be able to have a healthy intercultural relationship because if you are, um, you know, a, 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 a white person who comes from um, a very financially stable background, let's just go super stereotypical and just, you know, your family has like a house in Malibu off on the ocean and all this stuff and, and you're dating someone who is also white, um, but they are not as well off and they live in a town that is not very affluent and they don't have a lot of um, money and resources. And your grandfather regularly references a different type of white person as less than or um, 
trash or not as great or poor or, you know, uses language to talk bad about them and call them lazy and things like that. Like that's really inappropriate and that's offensive. Um, and unfortunately that's something that a lot of us have to deal with when it comes to parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, as we grow as a culture and as we grow and realize like, oh, the things we used to say, like they weren't really cool. You know, the words that we used to call black people, that's not cool. The words we used to call Southerners, that's not cool anymore. As, as we grow and learn, we got to be prepared to lovingly and gracefully kind of connect with the older people in our lives and say, Hey, I love you so much. And I love you enough to tell you that that wasn't cool. Um, or I love you so much. And I love you enough to tell you that I'm not comfortable with you saying that kind of stuff. Do you think that you could say it less when you're around me? Because it's unfair to be dating someone, to be serious about someone, to be moving toward a long-term relationship with someone and to ask them, like, hey, you think you could be okay with my family being racist sometimes or classist or sexist? It's not cool. Um, so uh, shout out to the super awkward girl in this movie <laughs> who was bold enough, who was confident enough to speak up when she heard something that was not okay. Hey friends, so as many of you all know, I have anxiety. I have a diagnosis, generalized anxiety disorder, and I'm also a millennial surviving a pandemic and I deal with everyday stress. People often ask me how I manage my anxiety on a daily basis, and one of the most beneficial things for me has been counseling, which is why I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about one of the sponsors of the Jamie Grace podcast, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling provides four different ways you can talk to your therapist video chats, messaging, live messaging, and phone calls. So if you're struggling with anxiety, loneliness, frustration, or if you're trying to make a big life decision about school, work, friendships, relationships, you should definitely give Faithful Counseling a try. If you go to faithfulcounseling.com slash Grace, you'll get 10% off of your first month. That link is also in the show notes, but again, it's faithfulcounseling.com slash Grace. And now, back to the show. All right, guys. So similarly to um, a couple of notes before, number five is ask your family what's up. Marcus, he has a moment where he says to his dad, like, are you tripping because she's not black? And I think that's a, a great way that we show this father and son having a very casual um, conversation that is not specifically saying like, are all, hey, dad, are you against the love of my life because of who she is? And, you know, it's not like it's not dark. It's not intense. But it's honest and it's earnest and it cuts straight to the chase. Um, and the dad response is like, nah, man. And it kind of it explains why a little bit. So I, I like that. I like because it's honest. I like that it's straight to the point. And it just like lets kind of like lets the audience know like, hey, this is a family that's okay with talking about race. That's not weird about it. Um, and I think that's a really, uh, really beautiful thing. All right. Then number six, we've got don't assume. So I think this is a really good one because, and <laughs> sorry, I just had like this inner monologue. Of, Welcome to anxiety. But I just had this like inner monologue of like, well, I hope you think they're all good. I good things to say, because why would you make a list of things to talk about on a podcast? 
if you were like, oh, this one's terrible, but you know what? Okay, cool. So <laughs> number six, don't assume. So don't assume that just because you know people of a different race, it doesn't mean that you're like exempt from making racially biased accusations. So Marcus, um, that no, Marcus is the the groom. Yeah. So Marcus, black guy, and Miguel, the Mexican father-in-law, father of the bride. Um, Miguel has these assumptions that Marcus could be a criminal. And uh, I mean, I think that it's fair to say that any father of the bride has these kind of like, I want to know about your criminal past, if any, you know, that is definitely fair to say, but there is some, there's already so much racial tension in the film, in their relationship. And so when he takes Marcus to a police station, um, to run his fingerprints, it's there's, it's just weird and it's awkward. And there's so much racial tension and general tension and human tension. Um, but the fact is, is that, uh, Miguel has the fingerprints run by a police officer who is a friend of his who also happens to be black. And so what I'm getting at is just because like, oh yeah, 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 my friend is black and he's a cop, you know, like he's super cool. Just because they have this relationship doesn't mean that Miguel is exempt from like making racially charged and racially motivated assumptions or accusations or comments as you have learned earlier in the film and as we continue to learn later in the film as well. Um, I also am pretty sure Brad, who is the black dad, father of the groom he is uh dating like kind of sort of dating um a woman that is not black and so just because he's dating someone that's not black doesn't mean that he's exempt from making awkward comments and statements and racially charged accusations as well and so these things are just to be mindful of that we all as humans have to be mindful of who we are as humans and the comments we make and the assumptions that we have about people because of race, culture, and so many other things. So number seven is the refusal to accept. So set and keep strong boundaries around relatives who won't accept the reality of a long-term relationship. So there's some moments in this film, right, where uh, Brad doesn't let Miguel use his bathroom. Um, the grandmother doesn't want Regina King to give her more water. These things are not explicitly because of race. It could be classism or pettiness, but regardless, it's making a clear stance against the nature of the relationship and it's making it very clear to you know the the guy and the girl that are in love and wanting to get married is making it clear to them that like hey I, I don't support this like I'm, I'm not comfortable with this for whatever reason these people make me uncomfortable and you have to be okay with setting boundaries around people that are refusing to accept I have friends of mine that you know will of course remain nameless these are not the friends at all that I've talked about <laughs> earlier in this episode. They have um, grandparents or aunts and uncles, and in some cases, even parents that have very strong opinions about certain races, certain cultures, and certain classes of people. And um, I mean, that's a thing that happens. Uh, and the, the the interesting thing about it is that most of these friends at this point, they have children that are a part of the races or classes or cultures, um, either by adoption or um, bonus children or even their biological children if they have, like I said, you know, married interracially or whatnot. Um, and and th they 
have to work through shielding their children from the comments of their grandparents and the comments of their aunts and uncles and things like that. Um, and that is so heartbreaking to think about, but it's reality. And so I'm saying this to you, if you are someone that you, you know, you're open to the idea of dating interracially, or you are dating interracially, interracially, you're open to the idea of your children being mixed race, of your family growing by adoption, or, you know, you joining um, a family's village through foster care or something like that. Like, you have to be mindful of if I have a grandparent or a parent that doesn't listen at all when I ask them to not say these types of words or they think it's still funny or they don't care or I'm not at a place where I feel comfortable talking to them about it yet, you have to think about, okay, well, what does Christmas look like? Well, what does going to the park look like? It might not look like I wanted it to. Um, I might not feel comfortable taking my child over there for Christmas if there's a, a chance that my six-year-old might hear the N-word from a relative. Um, it, boundaries are so important, and they're something that are necessary in every scenario. I talk about Nedra Tawab's book all the time, but it's one of my favorite books, <laughs> and I will be sure to have it in. Uh, if you want to check this book out, then make sure you look at the highlights on the podcast Instagram, the Jamie Grace podcast on Instagram. Make sure you check out the book highlights because it's one of my favorites. It is a must read, and this book will help guide you through how to set boundaries, what that looks like, what that means, and how to keep those boundaries. A lot of times um, we kind of think like, well, this person needs to be out of my life forever because they're garbage. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a nice thing to say. But I will definitely say that I, um, I have a few people in my life that or have a few people that were in my life that are no longer in my life. But it started with boundaries. And it and, and, and literally few, like literally two people. And it got to the, it just got to the point where I was like, mm, I'm not, uh, these boundaries are not really being set well or kept well. And so I, I need to put distance, distance, right? Um, but boundaries are so important to try and to continue to try. And especially when they are our loved ones, when they're our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and uncles, like in our close friends, like it's important to try setting those boundaries and doing almost everything that we possibly can uh, to keep them. All right, guys, so number eight, let's end on a positive note. Let's talk about something beautiful and exciting. Let's talk about embracing culture. It's such a beautiful and cool thing to embrace the culture of someone else. Um, a lot of times we hear phrases like cultural appropriation. That's a real thing when we're making poor choices about, you know, trying to assimilate or join a culture that we are not a part of. But embracing culture, cultural appreciation, that's a really big deal. And that's a really cool thing to be able to do. And so um, I just want to encourage you guys to do this, you know, regularly with your friends that are of different cultures, but especially in dating relationships. And if, for those of us that are married as well, I mean, that 
to me, that counts as still a dating relationship because you should always be dating your spouse, but find ways that you can embrace their culture. One of the things they talk about in this movie, and this is a, you know, a really short moment, but I just love it a whole lot, is jumping the broom. Jumping the broom is a really big deal to a lot of black American families um, because um, if I'm not mistaken, it started way back when slaves were getting married and they were not necessarily, you know, allowed, like able to like celebrate because, you know, slavery, um, but they like jumped the broom as like a sign of unity. And so um, that's really important and really special to a lot of black American families. I love when I see uh, couples, especially of course, black couples jumping the broom. Um, it'd be super weird if I saw like a couple where neither one of them was black jumping the broom. I'd be like, nah, that's weird. Cause that don't make no sense. Um, but if, you know, of course, if, if he's like a couple and one of them is black, then you see this, this, the symbolism and the, imp- was, what was the word I was looking for? Symbolism was not the word. Symbolance. <laughs> Symbolance. <laughs> There's a word I'm trying to find. The significance. <laughs> there we go. The significance of jumping the room—it's a beautiful thing. And so, in this movie, um, they kind of—they—they say, like, oh, like maybe we should jump the room. I think it's Regina King's character, and America Ferrera. Uh, she's like, oh my gosh, yeah, like that sounds so cool. We can do that. I love that so much. She is so confident. And yeah, if this is important to my husband, not only my husband, but to his culture as a black man, let's do it. Now, I will say, don't assume you know everything about everybody's culture because we did not jump the broom at our wedding. (laughs) I'm black. My husband black. We both very black. And it just wasn't um, just a part of like our current culture. It just wasn't something that we necessarily connected to. But I love when I see it and I love when other people get super, um, super excited about it. I think it's a really... Um, of course, a really beautiful thing. And so just be mindful of like, what does that look like for your relationship that's intercultural? This is something that is not like as heavily, you know, like as heavy and deep, but I'll say this. So I don't, my husband and daughter, they are, um, in the house where they might be able to hear me recording right now. I don't know if my husband can hear me or not. Um, I I say that because I'm about to talk about him anyways, in a good way. So, uh, he's from St. Louis and, I don't have time to like explain, you know, the whole world, but if you've ever been to St. Louis, especially if you're from St. Louis, um, especially if you're black from St. Louis, then you know a little something about Air Force Ones. Uh, it's a shoe and it's a shoe that's very important to St. Louis. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, when Aaron and I first got married and he would like have a pair of Air Force Ones, um, and he would talk about like not wanting to get creases in his shoes and wanting to keep them clean. I thought he was joking. Um, I, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I, I grew up with like a pair of sneakers for when I would go outside, but if I went outside, I was going to read. I mean, occasionally I would go run. I've never thought about the creases in my shoes. That doesn't like, that does not matter to me at all. I grew up wearing boots. So creases don't matter. The cleanliness of a shoe does not matter to me. Like I'm from a small town in the South that does not matter to my culture. Um, but to my husband's culture, it's actually very important. And I kind of feel bad for like that first year and a half of our marriage that I didn't take it seriously at all. That like, I genuinely thought he was joking because since then I like, you know, we've of course like made friends with each other's friends. And so like, I follow his friend D Swan on Instagram. I follow his friend Neil on Instagram. Actually, Neil is like a mutual friend of ours. Neil is actually how I found Aaron's Instagram before we were dating. Anyways, um, so I follow, you know, these other like black St. Louis guys from Instagram that are friends of my husband's and 
occasionally I'll see them post things in their story about like clean Air Force Ones and not having creases and all this stuff. And then I started like randomly, I went on a rabbit hole about like YouTube videos and about this kinds of thing. And Aaron doesn't take it as seriously as some people do because like, (laughs) I just, I felt so bad. I didn't realize that this was like a really important part of culture. I thought it was just like a thing that he was just saying just to be like, oh yeah, my shoes. Um, And so now I'm like, okay, well, this is important. I want to make sure that our kid has these shoes, you know, every now and again, not all the time because toddler shoes, like their feet, toddler's feet, toddler feet grow so fast. So she's not going to have like a pair all the time because these are not cheap shoes. Um, But it's important to my husband's culture. It's like a a St. Louis thing, especially a black St. Louis thing. And um, like I said, this is not all about interracial marriage and interracial dating. Every, all of us need to be able to look at the people that we love and the people that we care about and the people that we want to get to know and love and care about. We all need to get to a point um, where we can say, okay, well, what's important to you? What matters to you? And how can I honor this? How can I love you? How can I support you? And is there a way that I can even be a part of this um, that is like appreciating your culture um, and honoring the fact that you are someone that I love and someone that I care about. And that happens in this movie. It doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> like I said, it is a messy discovery to the things, <laughs> to, you know, peace and joy in this film. Um, but it's a great movie and it's definitely worth watching. And so if you haven't seen it, check it out. I will probably watch it on, on Monday. Um, on my Instagram story, on the Jamie Grace podcast, not my Jamie Grace uh, story. So check it out. We shall see. (laughs) All right, friends, thank you so much for listening to the Jamie Grace podcast. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I really enjoy having these conversations and I'm really grateful that you join me for them. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Check out the show notes, patreon.com slash Jamie Grace if you want to learn how you can support the show. I'm Jamie Grace H on Instagram, also the Jamie Grace podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next week. And okay, bye.